Welcome to week number 214 of the Two Guys in a Friday's podcast. My name is Steven. That over there is Travis. Happy Valentine's Day episode. No, not that's not this week. 214. Oh, I guess it is episode number. See what I did there? I do. I was expecting like a happy post nightmare weekend episode. Happy post nightmare weekend. We did. Uh, it was an interesting show. It was. Uh, we got through it somehow. Um, we'll be back. We had some tech, though. some tech concerns, so it was not as clean as we yeah, would have liked. I left but... that cable there again to the one it just bought. <laughs> so, Steve, I go to pull it out of the bag, and I'm like, "Yep, that's still plugged into that board." Oh man! So congratulations, uh, Nightmare Weekend. You have fifteen dollars. Uh, hey, everyone who's uh, joining for the first time since they joined us at Nightmare Weekend and then they subscribed and then they decided they want to listen to the show. It's a little different than what we were doing at Nightmare Weekend. What we do here is we rewatch all of TGIF. We do it 30 years after it actually airs. And uh, this week is no different as we've got four new episodes for you. Four all new, brand new episodes coming right at you. Yep, before we get into that, uh, a few things that we got to get out of the way. Thanks to Mark for the theme song this week. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate it. TGIFcast at gmail.com. That's the uh, way that you send in your own version of the theme song. We'll play it on the show. And also make sure you're following us on all social media at TGIFcast. And uh, we'll give you updates about live appearances, about special guests coming on the show, all kinds of things. Yep. All the stuff. Um... We do like to also see what was going on in the world 30 years ago, the day that these episodes, or actually the week that these episodes would have aired. And uh, what was the date that they would have aired, though, back in 93? Yeah, so they would have aired Friday, October 22nd, 1993. So I got a couple stories for you. Uh, We're going to start off um, on October 20th, 1993. And uh, we're in the middle of the baseball playoffs right now. They were in the middle of the World Series at that point. And... uh, on October 20th, 1993, was at the time and still the highest scoring World Series game of all time. And at the okay. time only, it was the longest lasting World Series game. As okay. The, the uh, Toronto Blue Jays scored six runs in the eighth inning to defeat the Philadelphia Phillies 15-14 to 14 in a four-hour and 14-minute slugfest. Man, not fun. And the Phillies look like they're getting right back to the World Series 30 years later. They got a good chance. They're up good 2-0. Chance. I think they can do it. Yep. Um, they, uh, The Blue Jays go on to win the World Series uh, three days later. And, of course, the Phillies in the World Series is very, very prominently important to uh, TJF this week. There are multiple. Mm, one, Philly, multiple. one Philly hat? <laughs> Uh, they talk about, I mean, there's one episode where it's like, it's the key storyline. Oh, it's a mini storyline in this one. Oh, really? I missed that. We'll get to it. Um, also same week, uh, October 21st, Gary Kasparov defeats Nigel Short to win the uh, chess championships that year. I didn't realize how good this guy was at chess. He was ranked. Kasparov? Yeah. He was ranked the number one player in the world for chess, 225 out of 228 months from 1986 to 2005. Yeah, he was he was like one of the best yeah. ever. But I didn't I didn't realize he was that dominant for that long of time. 
Yeah. yeah. But yeah, pretty impressive. Um, he's no longer the best. He retired in 2005. Um, what about movies and music? What do we got for number one? No changes. So Demolition Man's in week two this week for the movie. And then the song is still Dream Lover by Mariah Carey. I need a new song. Where um, It's coming. It's coming. And it's a good one when it gets here. All right. But we still we're still a couple weeks away. Any birthdays out there? Um, we do. We do have a couple birthdays. Uh, I'm going to kind of do them out of order because okay. one's more important than one the other. <laughs> one is more important than the other. Uh, so Thursday, October 19th. Happy birthday, Omar Gooding. That is, of hey. course, uh, Urban in and Hango Mr. Cooper. It's a big one for me. It's a big one. And then Friday, October 20th, William Russ, who is Alan Matthews on uh, on on Boy Meets World. Happy birthday, William. Um, and then I didn't even realize this until I looked at it today to see who the what the birthdays were. But Monday, uh, the 16th, was actually the birthday for Suzanne Summers, who oh, um, I think, as we as we all know, uh, passed away on, on Sunday, the 15th. So she was, you know, uh, one day before her birthday. Um, of course, if you haven't seen it already, she she passed away uh, this week, and that's you know that sucks. It's a, yeah, it's a, a long struggle with breast cancer. It's sad to see it yeah. happen like that, but um, we've yeah. got lots of memories of Suzanne, and uh, we mm-hmm. will continue them going through the end of Step by Step, at least on this show for another few years. Absolutely. So happy belated birthday, happy uh, you know, yeah. So, um yeah that's it so let's get into some episodes uh we're starting off with the eight o'clock slot with family matters season five episode five money out the window i feel like they could have done money out the winslow on that one but uh it starts but off they love windows they love windows they season. do love windows uh we start off about the window we got steve he's helping laura she's studying well kind of he's reading to her and she's just falling asleep on the couch yeah yeah and she passes out right there next to him and he starts to kind of subliminally message his way into her mind. Yeah, he starts whispering in her ear like, you love Steve Urkel. Steve Urkel, like all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And uh, she wakes up a little bit and um, comments on uh, being tired and and Steve mentions it as well. Like, yeah, you've been real tired a lot lately. And then uh, as he's talking to her about being tired, she falls asleep once again, this time on him, and he just looks up to the sky and says, thank you. He is happy. He's a happy dude. So we get our theme no song. No Myra anywhere to be mentioned. I know. Not in the whole episode, too. Like, I don't I know. I hate I don't I, I'm get really, it. It's frustrating. And this episode, particularly frustrating. Yeah. Um, starting off, we've got uh, the ladies bacon in the kitchen. Laura falling asleep once again. And uh, her mom mentions it, and she runs upstairs to study. Something's going on with that. And then Eddie comes in. He's like, getting ready to go out and his dad's like hey you want to help me with the stamp collection finally and he's like no i gotta go do something so he leaves yep and uh that that's it he's he's out he's going to waldo's to hang out yeah and then some reason the next scene goes right back to the house with eddie steve waldo and weasel all watching football not sure i mean i guess they had to set up like him not having time for his dad but it was just weird that it went right to well the they were setting up the stamp collection yeah the the stamp collection is evidently something because something new to them or i don't know something new to us for them and it's important to 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 carl so we got all the boys they're watching football the bears win everyone's cheering they do a little group uh cheer that we've seen a couple times i think now 
And uh, well, Steve, the funny thing is that Sir, that Steve, are you gonna say about what Steve does while they do the group cheer? Yeah, like after the cheer, Steve goes to sit down, falls out of his chair, and just spills popcorn everywhere. Oh, I was gonna bring up the fact that Steve does his own version of their cheer, but by himself to himself. So like while they're doing all the hand stuff, he's doing the same thing, but he's hand like not part of he's it. He's high fiving really. himself and like doing all the things to himself. Uh, from here we learn uh the I guess the main plot of this episode. Well, there's two yeah, main plots. Definitely, the, this is definitely the main plot of the episode. Um, Weasel's bragging because uh, he and Waldo just won three hundred and eighty bucks in the last couple weeks now on uh, betting on some football games, and yeah, uh, and they got a foolproof system. They've got a system. Eddie wants in. We find out the system is just bet on the ugly girls. Any town that's got ugly girls, they've got to be meaner because they got ugly girls in their town. So let's bet on that football team. Yep, this is uh very reminiscent of the of the of the Perfect Strangers episode from a couple years back, where Balky's Balky's method for winning the football pool was betting on what team's mascot would beat the other team's mascot. Yeah, so Steve is like trying to tell him, "Don't get in on this, Eddie. This is a dumb system. They need to be looking at like all these stats and everything." But Eddie's not having it. Eddie thinks this is a uh, easy way to get some money because it's working for Waldo and Weasel, and uh, he wants in. I would I would say that Eddie is hesitant at first, and what what pushes him over the over the edge is Weasel's like, "Hey, look, do the bet. If you lose, I'll cover you. You you have no nothing to worry about, no skin in the game." Well, yeah, because we also find out that Eddie's broke. He doesn't have any money to bet on the game, but they have they have a bookie, so they don't have to pay him up first. They just pay him when they lose, right? Right. So he he's like, I don't know if I want to do that, but like you said, Weasel's like, don't worry, I'll cover you if you lo- if we lose or something like that. And so he's like, all right, I'm in. I mean, it's a it's a no brainer, right? It's a there's no there's no risk. No brainer. Uh, we go a little later. Uh, checking on Harriet now, who is checking on Laura upstairs, not in her room. Oh, no, she's in her room at this point, right? She is in her room. She appears to be asleep in her bed, and as soon as Harriet shuts the door, Laura jumps out of bed, out the window. We have no idea where she's going. We've seen this before, right? Um, I So I feel like we had this exact know. same episode. Oh, when the episode when she was staying up study. when she was staying up to study and she would sneak out to go to the library and what I yeah, you're right. Exact same episode. Yep. yep. She's doing it again. She's um doing it again. We go a little later. Now it's the uh I guess the football game just ended and we find out uh they're they're like watching like updates like Sports Center or something like that. And it's going yeah. through all the scores and They've missed uh, all but two of their bets. Like I think they bet on twelve games and they got ten of the twelve right. Yeah, it is That's, not. Or pretty. ten of the twelve wrong. I'm sorry. They lost a lot of money. Steve tells them that I told you so. You shouldn't have done this. He's rubbing it in. He goes off to the kitchen and we find out each of them lost two hundred and fifty dollars. It's a lot of money. Not good. Not especially, it's, it is, especially for a teenager who yeah. is a manager in a mighty weenie. So. Uh, Weasel now also is backing out of covering Eddie. He's like, earlier we he said he was going to cover him if they lost, and now he's like, oh, I don't have enough money to cover you. Sorry, it's on you now. <laughs> I mean, honestly, why would you think the Weasel would pay anything? Um, Eddie's freaking out. He doesn't know what to do. He thinks he's in trouble, but what do you know? Steve comes in. We find out he called the bookie and told them that they couldn't pay. And then got some sort of payment system worked out over the phone as well. 
Well, what he said, he, what he said was not that they that they can't pay. He said that they won't ever pay. And then he's like, oh, but I use that as a negotiation to get him to agree to a payment schedule. Yeah. So the only other thing, though, is uh, I guess the bookie told him, all right, well, someone's going to drop by the house to set that payment system up. Right. In walks giant Bubba Smith. You might know him as a former NFL player. You might know him as Hightower on Police Academy. But he's a big dude, and he is there to get his money for his bookie dude. So big. Such a big dude. Yeah. He's big. He tells him not to move. He um, picks up Steve at some point and then introduces himself to everyone. His name is Bones on this show, which is a pretty cool name. And uh, I think he says it's because he crushes Bones, right? People that don't pay. That's right. Yeah. I tried to get my kid to call me uh, with Skull Digger the other day, and he, he wasn't having it. He wouldn't do it. You probably should have introduced that from the beginning. Just like let him know your name's Skull Digger. Just like as he's developing who we are as yep. his parents. Yep. Yeah. So probably. if you ever have another one, or if you get a cat or something, just let him know. Skull Digger. So uh, Waldo and Weasel, they quickly pull out their money. They pay Bones. They've got the money. Eddie, on the other hand, he's the one that's in trouble because he doesn't have any money. He can't pay Bones. Steve tries to help. He steps in the middle of Bones and Eddie and uh, starts having like a growl off with him. And uh, Bones does finally agree to give him an extension. 24 hours you got to give me that twenty, that 250 bucks, or I'm crushing some Bones. I feel like I was surprised that there wasn't any interest involved with that. With what? Like, you got 24 hours, but you got to pay an extra 50 bucks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, Bones leaves. He grabs an apple on the way out, takes a bite. Steve's like, uh, that apple's made of wax. And Bones has the coolest line ever. He just says, I know. And then continues to walk out with a wax apple. I mean, he stole that line from from Han Solo. Um, Eddie's like, uh, Urkel, what am I going to do? I'm a dead man. And Steve's like, you just got to go tell your dad. I mean, let him know what happened. Let him know you need the money. It's the best way to do it. And he's like, I can't. I can't have him yelling at me. I got another idea. Look at this stamp collection on the table. He opens up to this, like, prize stamp. He knows it's worth $300. He can go sell it. And Steve's like, no, don't do it. You can't do it. That's the worst thing you could do. And he takes out the stamp. It's like, I got to do it. And walks out the door with it. He's out the door. See, the thing with this situation, though, is telling his dad is not just a... It's similar, to, but different to the stereo, stereo thing. His dad's yeah. a cop, and this is illegal. And he's he is in this situation, knowingly participating in an illegal event that really there is no victims except for himself. And so... It's a little. It's. A, I feel like this is a much di- more difficult situation to go to his dad about than than the other one. We go to the next scene where we are uh, with Harriet again. This time she's just waiting in Laura's room. Laura's not there. She's not under the covers. We do. Do we know that at first? Because I don't feel like I saw her until after mm-hmm. Laura was already back in the room. Oh, the Harriet was in there. I think so. Yeah. Did I did I yeah. miss that? Okay. I think we okay. see Harriet. We see then uh, Laura coming through the window. Sneaking back in, and uh, she can't sneak in because her mom's standing right there. Right there. <clears throat> Harriet just explains she was worried. She didn't know where she was, and she just wants the truth. Like, where were you, Laura? And Laura tells her, well, this is, I didn't see this coming. 
I picked up a no. shift at the coffee house. I'm working midnight to 4 a.m. And I've uh, just been working every night. Well, yeah, because she's trying to save up for a car. She's like, look, you guys have done so much for me. I don't want to burden you with asking you to help me buy a car. So I just got a second job to get the money myself. Which and Harry, it's like, I mean, excessive. you've got to sleep. It's unhealthy not to sleep. And you know what? I know you want to do it on your own, but you got to quit that job. Me and your dad are going to help you get that car. Right. Yeah. I mean, which seems like if you just talked to your mom about it, you could have figured something out. But okay. I mean, she just lost her job recently. Do we know if she got Oh, Har- Harriet did. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So they're going to help out. We'll see what that means. Will she get a car soon? I don't know. Will they mention it ever again? I don't know. But we'll see. <laughs> we'll find out. Uh, we go now to uh, Eddie, who's getting home. His dad's in the kitchen, about to look in the stamp collection. Looks like he's about to open it for the first time in a while. So we know that uh, Eddie's about to be in trouble when he sees that stamp missing. So uh, Eddie realizes the issue that he's got. So he begins to try to tell his dad what happens. But you know what? Carl gets him. Flips over to that page of the stamp, and what do you know? That stamp's still there. Has not been removed. Yeah, it's a good one. I'm like, did he take a different stamp to go sell? Like, what happened? And uh, Carl knows what's going on. He's got a little plan up his sleeve. Eddie explains what happens, and uh, what happened with the betting, what happened with selling the stamp. Carl's mad, though, because, uh, like we said, he should have come to his dad. Should have explained it to him. And uh, Carl has a good relationship with the guy who runs the stamp shop. So as soon as that stamp came in, I guess he had, Carl had told the stamp shop that if anyone ever tur- like sells a stamp, he wants to buy another one. That's exactly right. What he yeah, according to him, he told the the owner of the stamp store, "Hey, look, I I guess for whatever reason, I really like this stamp, and if you get any more in, I'd love to buy another one. And so if any come in, let me know." And that's exactly what the owner did, not knowing that the stamp was Carl's stamp. So I'm surprised he didn't know this was Carl's son, and they didn't just go with like, "Hey, your son just came and sold us your stamp," kind of thing. That is true. You would think that if they are, if they are really like doing these the stamp collecting thing together as father son, that the stamp guy probably knows who this dude is. But yeah. alas, that's not the that's not the route they chose to take. Yeah, and I mean, stamp guy sees three hundred bucks coming his way. Yeah, right. exactly. So, um, where do we go from here? We got Carl mad. He's uh yelling at Eddie and uh, he tells him in the end after he kind of calms down a little bit covering up a mistake only makes it worse and uh, this is not a good choice by you Eddie nope and Eddie is grounded and owes his dad some some money Um, and then in comes Steve right same scene right Steve and Bones yeah, well, not Bones doesn't come in right away. We get the okay. re, we get the reveal with Steve coming in. He's dressed in polka gear. He's like Eddie, I was gonna give you one more chance. You want to go down to the polka hall with me and my friends? And he's like, you and your friends? Who else is it gonna go with you? And then in comes his new polka partner, Bones. He's also dressed in full polka gear. They both have accordions. I feel like they might. Uh, they do. They do. Yep. And they they, uh, sure. they sing and dance some polka to the end of the episode. And that's it this week for Family Matters. I feel like Bubba Smith is loving it. Loving it. It's a good one. I like it. Yeah. Uh, this is post pol- at least Police Academy one, right? I know there's probably some oh, before no, and some most, after. Uh, 
like four or five. There's a they were majority in the eighties. Yeah, they're, they're, this, and maybe there was a couple after this. Uh, maybe like Citizens on Patrol or something like that. Yeah, and I know uh, I, I looked it up. Uh, Bubba Smith died in like two thousand, early two thousands, with some like drug complications, like overdose oh. type deal or something. Hmm. I did not know that. I th- yeah. I, okay. Uh, then we get step by step season three, episode five. Trading places is the name of the episode. We got JT, and uh, he's studying. It's like the last episode. His kids are studying. He's studying algebra though. There's a lot of studying in this uh this week of tgif isn't there <laughs> it's, it's true i mean it's all kids right it it's is all time kids. kids it makes sense yep so he's studying some algebra cody comes in and acts like and he's he's struggling he's not he's he is not doing well and picking this up yeah and when cody walks in they make you think they trick you real quick here where he knows exactly everything about algebra but he's like he's like oh is that where you do this and this and this he's like yeah and he's like i don't know anything about it I feel like they do that a lot with Cody, probably more than we realize, but I feel like they often set it up as though he is going to be this genius. brilliant yeah. genius. And and he's like, nope, no idea. So Cody leaves and then uh, JT hops on the phone. He calls Dexter, who we quickly find out is the president of the math club. He uh, congratulates Dexter on all of his accomplishments and then tricks Dexter into giving him all of the answers of the uh, homework. Yeah, Dexter seemed pretty uh, Gullible, naive. To all naive this. Yeah, yeah. You, would, you would think that he'd be... A little bit more in tuned. Thing is, though, uh, while JT is writing all these answers down on a paper plate, his dad has walked in and is standing right behind him. He sees everything going on. Cody or uh, JT hangs up the phone, and uh, Frank rips up that plate, throws it in the trash, and he's like, "You got to do your work on your own. You got to learn this stuff." Right. I like I like his stuff. He's like, "Oh, let me get rid of that plate for you, son. I'll take care of that. Don't worry about it." And right here is where we get a very early diss of the week. Man, this stinks. I mean, in 20 years from now, I'm not going to need algebra. You will if you're still in high school. <laughs> okay, so after that, we get our theme song. We come I just back. have to ask. I have to ask you because I don't hear the diss of the week. Is it the, high, is it the why do I need no algebra diss of the week? Something like that. And his dad says, he's like, he's like, Dad, I'll never need to know any of this. I'll never need to know algebra. And his dad said... You will if you're still in high school. Yeah, I think that's it. So good. I'm glad you picked that one because normally, you know, everyone like kids complain about not needing to know stuff and there's no good answer from parents. That was just so sassy in a way that I love that. I'm, I'm glad you picked that one. So after the theme, we come back to uh, I wrote Carl and Frank. Obviously, it's not Carl and Frank. Carol and <laughs> Frank. Carol. There's one more letter in there. They're having breakfast at the table. Frank's reading the paper, asking about a bunch of stuff. And then Dana comes in. And uh, she needs to borrow the car, but her mom's like, no, you can't because I need the car. I got to do this and this and this and this and this. whole bunch of errands around town, and you can't have it. Right. Makes and sense. And Dana's like, well, I need to go to the library. And they're like, it's less than a mile. You can walk there. And she's like, walk there? And um, in comes JT. He wants to go play some basketball out at the park, but Frank's like, you can't go play basketball because you still haven't done that algebra homework. So neither of them get to do what they want to do. And Dana and JT come to this agreement. It's not fair. It's a whole lot easier being an adult than it is being a teenager. That's right. That's right. And Frank's like, well, I got a little idea here. Why don't we test this this weekend? Carol and myself, we will trade responsibility with you and JT, and we will find out what is easier, being an adult or being in a teenager. And you know what? 
I'll even throw a little bet on the side here. If you guys can last this whole weekend being adults, I'll give you double allowance. And they're like, oh, yes, this is going to be so easy. You guys are on. I mean, it's a that's a good deal. Yeah, I think so. So uh, from there, we go to uh, Cody. He's in the backyard. He's working on the bike. Slasher and his wife are there again. And uh, Slasher and Debbie. I'm glad, I'm glad they're around for a while. They're going bit. on a second honeymoon. Is that what they're doing? Or like, I didn't catch the second honeymoon part, but they're going on a on a bike on a, trip on a road trip. Yeah. Yeah. Where's that kid? Um, staying with grandma who wasn't available last week. I guess they're going to Bismarck, North Dakota. And uh, we learn a little more about Slasher here and how uh, he and his wife met. It was it all it took was a personal ad in a biker magazine. She saw it. She knew she had to respond. And from there, it was a match made in heaven. They're they're quite the couple. Uh, that's about all we learn about at that scene, and then we go to uh, JT. Well, there is this does give Cody a little bit of a inkling because he he's starting to feel a little bit lonely, and he's trying to figure out how to meet a woman. So he this kind of puts the and he says this this kind of puts the kind of inspiration in his mind to to do a personal ad. Okay, I didn't know how much of that we got in this scene, but you yeah okay. So um, then we go to JT getting mad at Frank for uh. Not doing his like teenager type chores that he left the doing. plate upstairs after you know just sitting around that kind of thing. Yeah, cleaning up after himself. Um, we check in in the kitchen. Uh, Brendan is uh, asking what's for dinner. Dana's like, uh, spaghetti for dinner. He looks in the pot. He sees mushrooms. He's like, I'm not eating that. I'm having cookies for dinner. And then he goes over to the cookies, puts one in his mouth, and Dana starts like trying to fight it out of his mouth. Pull this cookie that he put in his mouth and out. She's like, you're eating my dinner. You're not having cookies. And while while this is all going on, Dana walk or uh, Carol walks Carol. in, and uh, she's like, you give up yet? Is this too hard for you? And she's like, no, I've got it. And uh, Carol tells Dana that her and Frank are going to the movies. They're uh, going to be teenagers this weekend. Head out to the movies. Yep. And, and uh, Dana says, curfew's at eleven. Be home by then. Yeah. And of course, Carol's a little upset by this, but she knows that. Uh, they gave the power to Dana and JT, so she's got to listen, got to do what she says. I, I don't think she's really upset. I think she's upset for the for the sake of acting like a teenager. Um, we then go to Dana and JT. They're uh, doing laundry in the living room. We see Carol and Frank get home from the movies, and uh, no one's ready to give in yet, though. The kids are not liking it, but they're still going to get through it because they want that. They, they really just want to prove a point to their parents, I think. Yeah, yeah, and and when they get in from the movie, JT, you know, he starts giving Frank a hard time, telling Frank, "Don't forget, you have to do this homework, this algebra homework." And that's when we start to see a little bit of cracks in the, in in Frank at least, as far as his obligation as a teenager. Yeah, he's like algebra. I don't do algebra, and he's like really doesn't want to do it. But JT's like, oh, I guess it is a little harder being a teenager than you thought it was, and uh, I don't know. It's going to be a battle of who cracks first, I think. Yeah, the only thing I don't buy here is Frank's total aversion to algebra. I mean, he's a contractor. He's a builder. He doesn't have to be like Einstein, but I bet you he knows more algebra than he thinks he does. Yeah, probably. Um, Commercial break here. We come back to uh, Dana cleaning up some more. She's now vacuuming around the living room, including all the Scrabble pieces that are still on the table. I don't really understand the joke there or like the point of that 
little piece. Yeah, it's just she doesn't care. Like it's not her it's Scrabble game. So she's like, this is easy Fair to enough. do. I'm just vacuum it All up. Right. Uh, Al and Brendan, um, they're both coming down. They're they're still neither of them are listening to uh, Dana, who kind of gives them some orders, but they don't care. They don't. They're not listening at all. Uh, Carol comes down. She's going off to the mall. But what do you know? Dana uses that power once again. And she's like, no, you're not. I need the car. You can't take it. And she's like, but the mall's so far. And uh, I don't like think they, walk. I don't know if they say how far it was. But I'm guessing it's probably a little further than the library would I, be my assumption. Yeah, I mean, that's what I assume, too. I don't know. But that's not the only thing she takes from her. Yep. She's also, oh, yeah. Give me that checkbook and credit cards. Teenagers don't have those. So, um, she's off to the mall with who knows. Oh, uh, well, uh, wait, there's one more thing she says before she leaves. Oh yeah. This is a big one too. This is the good one. Yeah. She's like, and go take off some of that makeup. I don't want people to think I'm raising a tramp. Yeah. And <laughs> that's, and Carol's like, I'm glad you should, you, this is only a weekend. You should be careful. Cause that's, that one's going to come back to tomorrow. Haunt you. You're going to pay for that one. Yeah. So, uh, we then go to Karen in the backyard. Um, Cody's out there and, uh, He's going to work on that personal ad that uh, he was talking right. about earlier. And Karen starts to like briefly talk to him about that. Dana and um, what are Dana and Cody. That's not right. Or are you just Karen? Uh, yeah, it's just Karen because he's like he 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 says to her, you know, you're the you're the resident dating expert. So, you know, what do you suggest? And he reads the art, the personal ad. She's like, you know, Cody, you should talk more about yourself. Like say more good things about your guy. Up a little than- bit more. Yeah, do it. So uh, next, Frank is on the phone with a travel agency. And uh, the reason why is he's trying to get them to help him out with math. Like, uh, <laughs> hey, if a plane leaves from Boston, this one, where are they going to meet up? Each other, like one of those type of things. Right, right. Um, JT comes in and, uh, oh, no, not yet, right? Uh, Frank remembers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah, first, yeah, J- first, 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 Frank uh, remembers. Oh, yeah. That plate had all the answers on it. So he goes in the oh, trash can, pulls out the pieces of the plate, tries to start putting them back together. But then JT walks in and uh, he's like, oh, what are you doing there? Well, maybe you need a math tutor. And he's like, Mark, and yells from Mark. Mark comes down very quickly, excited to uh, help Frank out with some algebra. Yeah. And Frank is uh, less than thrilled. Now Frank has a game plan, though, going back into fatherhood about how to deal with with JT. He'd be like, oh, I'll get you a uh, I'll get you a tutor. Let me get Mark to help you. Uh, we go back upstairs to uh, Dana with a handful of toys. Going to put him in the closet. But as she opens the closet door, everything comes pouring out of the closet. All the rest of their toys. Brennan's in bed. He feels sick. They don't know what to do with him. JT and Al sick, come in. sick because he ate nothing but snacks for the last like three meals. Yeah, so I think dinner he had a up to tub of ice cream, a box of cookies, and an entire chocolate cake. Right. So <clears throat> JT or uh, yeah, JT and Al come in. Al is complaining because she needs a ride to soccer. JT's like, get there yourself. And all of the kids at this point need different things, and uh, it's getting to be a little too much for JT and Dana. Yeah, it's, I feel like especially Dana. Dana is really starting to feel it. Yeah, and I mean, this whole Brendan sick thing is really like, she's taking this pretty seriously. She's like, JT, you really need to go get some medicine from the store for him. Like, this is serious. Yeah. Uh, we go downstairs. Uh, Frank is now being chased by Mark, I think. I were chasing Mark, but I think Mark was chasing him around the table with like the algebra book. Carol, Right, did- because Frank just wants the answers, and Mark's trying to actually teach him how to do these things. 
Um, well, maybe then Frank was chasing Mark to try to get the answers. Oh, uh, uh, like you know that. what? I think I think you are right. I think that that was that's that was what was going on. Carol gets home. Uh, she did walk to the mall. She looks crazy walking back from the mall and All disheveled. Uh, they've had it. They're done being teens. But uh, we know upstairs that Dana and JT are done from uh, being parents. So they come downstairs and uh, they. I don't know if they say they give up, but like the two kids and Carol all come to an agreement that this thing needs to end. Well, kind of what happens is right before Carol and Frank can say that they're about to give up the kids, the kids throw in the towel. So they could have just just played it off and said, well, Frank tries to Frank's like, Oh yeah, I can keep going forever. But Carol is the one that admits that it's been a tough time for them to, and uh, they all agree to call it even. And that's kind of where the episode ends, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Except that the, uh, Dana tells tells Frank and Carol, well, now that you're parents again, you should probably know that Brendan just threw up all in, all over his bed. Oh, yeah. Uh, we do get a credit scene here with uh, Karen bringing out Cody a letter that he got in response to his personal ad. He opens it up, starts to read it. We find out that this lady's probably in jail. And Definitely in jail. And uh, she did also send him a gift, a custom Codeman license plate that she made herself. In prison. In prison. All right, so now we go to our 9 o'clock slot, Boy Meets World, Season 1, Episode 5. This one is called Killer B, and it starts off, we're in class. Feeney has graded the geography test. He's handing out papers. He mentions to everyone, and uh, Corey's able to predict this one, Minkus has the high score of the test. Yeah. I don't really know how I feel about this whole strategy of telling the entire class everybody's great as you're handing out papers. I feel like that's a little a little harsh. Um, he's like, Good job, you, good job, you, good job, you. Corey, you gotta see. And then Corey's good upset Corey. because he actually studied for this one. He studied and he got a C. So he's a little upset. Feeney points out some uh, reasons why he got a C, and uh, they get to this point that geography is always changing. Um I don't know if that's true, really. It's true. It's definitely. I mean, just look at this year. It's true. Um, but here's the problem is that the books that they have are out of date. And Corey did study and Corey knew what was in the book. But what Phoenix point is, well, you got to pay attention in class because like Watch you the said, because I was changing. But it's like, that's not fair. That's not fair to an 11, well, you know, 10, 11, 12 year old kid to say, here's your textbook. Learn stuff. And then he makes the effort and still gets a C because the textbook that was given to him by the school was out of date. That's yeah, I mean, we don't know what Feeney taught in class, though. Like, if he taught that East and West Germany and Berlin Wall stuff, like, if he's teaching that in class, then that's what they should know. It shouldn't matter what the textbook says, in my opinion. It do- but I think it does because that's the tool that you have that is to help you study and help you learn. And if that's wrong, then that they're giving you – like a faulty tool. I don't know. I, I, Feeney's I explained there's lots of tools that you should have. It's not just this textbook. It should be these things too, which I'm okay with. But um, I, don't like, I don't like it. Corey's like, why can't geography just be like other subjects? I mean, Lincoln always gets shot in the head. And then Feeney says, well, Lincoln <laughs> got off easy. Theme song. He didn't, didn't have to teach Corey Matthews. Yeah. We came back to uh, still in this class. Feeney is uh, talking about the regional geography tournament that's coming up. They show this like board that he's got five of the last six years. He has had a champion and he wants this year to be the same. And uh, we also find out this year there's a little bonus. It's not just a map that Minkus is excited about to win as the grand prize. This year, 
the winner gets to be the bat boy at game one of the World Series. Yeah, and what, the way the kind of the order of operation here is that he says, of course, Minkus, you're going to represent us at the Geography B. And G- Minkus is like, oh, great. I want to win the pull down wall map of the world. And that's when Feeney tells him, nope, this year's prize is that ball, the Bat Boy, the Bat Boy prize for the World Series. That is a pretty serious prize. That is a ridiculous prize. Like, that's awesome. I would be excited too if I was Corey Matthews. So now Corey's real interested. He wants to do this thing. Uh, bell rings. Corey tells Feeney, um, you got to let me do it. Um, and Feeney's like, I don't know. Um, I think Minkus is the way to go if we want to win. And he's like, I will do this. I can do this. This is something I want to do. But Feeney still doubts him and says, I'm sticking with Minkus. Well, the point Corey's trying to make is, look, one of the key things to winning is having a desire to win. And Minkus doesn't care about this prize. Like, all I want is this prize. I will do whatever it takes to win. Put me in there, coach. I'm ready. But no. Not enough but for no. Feeney. Not, um, not at this point. Yeah, we go uh, to the Matthews house where uh, Mrs. Matthews is uh, needing a babysitter. Needs Eric to watch the kids because they're going to an Aerosmith concert. And uh, Eric can't watch them because he is also going to the same Aerosmith concert. Eric is not happy about that. Yeah. Eric does not want his parents at a concert that he is also going to, especially when he's taking his date. Heather, he does not want to run into his parents while he's there. No, this is supposed to, this is his night. This is his band. This is not an old person's band. Leave me alone. Uh, Corey gets home with uh, Sean and Minkus and that other kid. And Ellis. Uh, Ellis and they all go upstairs because uh, they've got to talk to Minkus. Well, they've clearly kidnapped Minkus and dragged him back to the Matthews house. Yep. They've got an offer. They're like, you don't want to be a nerd anymore, do you? Because you're a nerd. And uh, we can make this little deal. Don't do the geography tournament. And if you don't do it, uh, the agreement is we won't throw balls at your head during some. What do they call this game? Did you, oh, did you look it's it not. I mean, it's dodge. It's, it's got to be dodgeball, but they call it like a launch ball no, or like something else like uh, like gladiator or something. something yeah, like it's that. got some weird name that I've never heard. I've I never meant to look it up and see if this to. is like an actual game or this is just like a game on the show that they play. But um, I, I just think it for whatever reason, I just don't think they wanted to say dodgeball. And they so they use this this term instead. Yeah. So they agree that uh they won't throw at him if he uh, drops out of this tournament. And I think Minkus agrees at this point, right? Yeah, he, under- he he's like, you know, this doesn't sound like a bad deal. He doesn't want that World Series prize anyways. So, um, no, doesn't care. We go to Eric begging his parents this time to not go to Aerosmith. And they're like, we've been listening to Aerosmith even before you were born. You were you went to your first Aerosmith while you were in my stomach. And <laughs> uh, he just doesn't want to go to the same concert as them. He also just doesn't understand how this like classic rock works and that he didn't just discover Aerosmith one day. From here we go to the classroom. Minkus is dropping out of the geography tournament. Feeney is disappointed. Corey. Yeah, but he, we're not going to talk about his outfit. Oh, has that already happened here at this point? This is where he walks in with wearing the outfit here. Had we. It's like full cross colors. I thought we saw the outfit for the first time with him like in the backyard. No. Are you sure? Uh-huh. I, I specifically Oh wait, damn it. Um you're right. I had I had skipped ahead by accident. 
We're not there yet. We're not there yet. Cor- Minkus looks just like Minkus. Minkus, Minkus, dropping out of the geography tournament. Feeney's disappointed. Corey's in the classroom, too, because he knows Minkus is dropping out, and he just wants to be there the second he does so he can tell Feeney, put me in, Teach. I want to do this. <laughs> right. Feeney still says no, though. Feeney's like, I don't have anybody. I don't care. I don't even want to do this I anymore. cannot let you embarrass me. And Corey is begging for a chance. And uh, with a little reasoning from Corey, Feeney agrees to take him on, but it's going to require some coaching. Yeah, I mean, he's, he, and I, I understand, I feel like Corey is making a valid point. And I feel like he's putting up a good argument. He's like, I want this. I will do whatever it takes, I promise. And I think, I think that's resonating. And, and I think, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens here. Yeah, I have my uh, doubts on Corey. I've seen what happens when he studies, he gets a C. And uh, I don't think this is he the right didn't point. have good material. Now he's got like personal coaching hey, from Minkus had the same material as Corey did. Minkus is a different breed. So then we go back to the house. Corey's studying, I think, in the backyard at this point, too, right? And he is. Yep. Sean... He's got like a full on atlas with a microscope and the whole. And he's learning him. stuff. Like he's learning a bunch of facts they didn't know before. Yeah. Yeah, Sean absolutely. and Alice are begging him to come play and uh he's not having it and then minkus comes over wearing out. this ridiculous outfit i mean it's not ridiculous it's just not minkus um i don't even know how to describe it cross colors cross colors is what you call that cross colors that's the like brand and that's kind of like that style the like kind of quadrant Please like geometric tell me you had this outfit. like culture oh god no i couldn't oh. i couldn't rock this i was not that cool no um, way. Yeah, he says that. Uh, is this where he says? Oh, I don't want to jump ahead. No, 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 not yet. So, um, Minkus comes over in his outfit and uh, invites Corey to go break some bottles behind Wawa or wherever they're going. <laughs> there was no Wawa. I mean, it's it's in Philly. It was might have been a Wawa, but I don't think they said Wawa. Uh, and Corey's begging Minkus to help him study at this point, right? He is. He is. And. Uh, Corey walks off leaving Minkus or are all three of them are here with Feeney at this point? Well, so Feeney's kind of like coming around the back of the house gardening while they're talking. And then as Minkus walks away, he stops and talks to, to Feeney just to say, tell him how things are going. Tells him that and he watched really... uh, MTV House of Style and now he's going to go watch Beavis and Butthead, which gets a loud applause from the audience when, they, when he announces Beavis and Butthead. And, and Beavis and Butthead was said in the last episode, too, and got the same response, I believe. And and got the same. Yeah, got same got the exact same pop. So maybe the same I mean, crowd. Is... They record two episodes, maybe. Eh, possible, I guess. Or would it I, have I'm gotten just thinking this, no matter that, what. I'm just thinking it's just such a big deal right now that they. Yes, we love Beavis and Butthead. Beavis and Butthead, yeah. All right, so we get a scene now with uh, Corey and Feeney talking and uh, proving once again Corey's actually learning stuff. Yes. Yep, he's he's picking he's picking up the basics, I will say. He knows Sandwich Islands. <laughs> we go to the uh, kitchen later. Corey is uh, getting quizzed by his parents, and Corey's doing great. I mean, he's getting all these answers right that his parents are quizzing him on. And uh, Eric is still trying to get his parents not to go to Aerosmith. <laughs> He is so fr- he's got like his hands in his head. He is so frustrated. He does not know what to do. Um, and then from this scene, we go right to that geography tournament. Um, it hasn't started yet. It's getting ready to start. The kind of um, everyone's getting warmed up by their coaches, getting a little shoulder massage, and then the tournament starts. We see a couple girls before Corey answer, and then it's Corey's time, and he is 
super well, nervous. I mean, I think it's important to say here that the questions that these these other girls are getting asked are way beyond the level of what Corey is was prepared for. They, they, he is. We we learn very quickly that he is out of his out of his league. Yeah, it gets to Corey. They ask him his question. I don't know if this is like spelling bee rules, where if you like miss your first question, you're just out of it. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, Corey freezes. He recites the only fact that he knows at that time, which is about the Earl of Sandwich and uh, Sandwich Island. Sandwich Island, and uh, we find out he's not going to win this thing. We he go after the not. competition. Corey is there. He's all bummed. He lost. The uh, winner, one of the girls next to him, comes by. Doesn't even care about that Bat Boy prize. She wanted that map too. Doesn't even know what it is. She's like, I don't. What does a Bat Boy even do? <laughs> poor, poor Corey. Uh, back at home, Eric is uh, on the couch with uh, Corey, Heather. I think Corey and Heather, right at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Talking about how awful the concert was, how he had the worst time because his parents were there. They just, he didn't, they were just dancing in the aisles and it was ridiculous. Uh, they get home. He also comments on their ridiculous outfits, which, which is like a denim jacket, a tie-dyed shirt. Yeah, and, nothing, and, nothing crazy. And he blames them for not having a good time. And yeah. then he's like, Heather, let's go. Take you home. So starts- well, they also find, he also finds out they had backstage passes. Yeah, they did have that. That's why they came home later than he did. But uh, right. starts to take Heather out the door. And uh, what is their Alan. dad? Alan. I'll get it one day. What's the mom's name? Uh, Amy. Alan and Amy. All right. A, a and A. That's how, I, that's how I try to keep them apart. Remember them. So Alan's like, nope. Stop right there. Corey, go upstairs. And Alan starts to have a conversation with Eric. And he's like, Eric you want the father that I had and I want to give you the father that I wanted or you have, and now you have the father that I wanted or something like that. Just an explanation. It's like, I don't think you got that quite. I don't think you got that quite right. But no, it was something along the lines of, you know, you have the father I wanted. Eric had the father. Eric has the father that, Eric had here's the th- here's the gist. Alan says that Alan's, he had Alan's the father dad, Eric once. Dad wasn't Alan's dad and oh, wanted yeah, yeah, the yeah. father that Eric has. Right, Alan's dad wasn't cool. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Alan's I, father Alan, wasn't cool. Alan is cool. <laughs> At least that's he thinks point. he's that's cool. I want to give you a cool parent. That's what I'm trying to do. And uh, he's like, "Good night, Eric." And that's kind of the end of this conversation. He heads upstairs. And that leaves Eric and Heather alone on the couch. And he's like, oh, I get it now. I do have cool parents. And like, uh, then Alan is like, not that cool. But when they start getting close, like they're going to make out or something like that. Well, when he turns off the lights, he turns off the lights to make it dark. And that's when Alan's like, nah, uh, uh, we're not doing that. At school, bell rings. Uh, Minkus and Corey are the last ones to leave. They're still in the class with Mr. Feeney. Mink is back to normal, no longer wearing whatever you call that outfit. And uh, cross colors. Never heard of that in my life. Corey tells Feeney. Corey tells Feeney that uh, Mr. Feeney, I I tried my hardest. I did everything that I could. And Feeney's like, Yeah, did you try your hardest? He's like, I really did. Like everything I did. And he's like, Well, I've got the uh, grades from the last exam. And he gives Corey his grade. Corey got an A on the last exam, and he's 
thrilled, and he's like, I, I guess we did it. And he goes and hangs up Corey's uh, A paper on that board that had the uh, awards from the last winners, and he's like, we won. Yeah, good for Corey. That's good. I like it. Here's my here's my only complaint about the whole GOB thing okay. is that is that we get there and you know the whole the whole like shot to the gut is that Corey has not actually studied the right questions doesn't it's just way out of his head right Feeney is supposed to be there as his coach as his mentor as his guide to get ready and you would think after winning for five years that Feeney would be able to give him a better sense of like what's going to be need, on it yeah you don't need to know the sandwich islands you need to know the indigenous tribes of france like that is what you need to know um i, I feel like there was a real letdown in the in the coaching here of uh Feeney to to cory where do we go for the credit scene in this i know it's is Corey's it at home cory's at home he's watching the world series watch the world series the uh we hear some the, clip of the, the bad boy won- yeah, yeah. She runs out on the field and uh, is holding a sign that says uh, Tuamantu's getting out of France. No, get France out of the Tuamantu. Yeah. And then then the the announcers go on a whole spiel that's like super in-depth geography B style like discussion. I thought the Tuamantu were part of Papua New Guinea or something like that. Pretty good. From there we go to the 9.30 show. It's Hanging with Mr. Cooper, Season 2, Episode 5. Free at Last is the name of this one. It starts off, we've got Nicole. She's in the kitchen drawing. Geneva, her mom, comes in and comments on the uh, Cocker Spaniel that she's drawing, but she's like, that's not a Cocker Spaniel, that's (laughs) Vanessa. Coop comes in, he's like, oh, I like that picture of Vanessa, but why does she got a bone in her mouth, or a newspaper in her mouth? (laughs) And then uh, Vanessa comes in, and she's excited because we find out one of her uh, bosses, Buzzy Albright, is going to jail for embezzlement, and now there's an opening at the job, and she was already promised that promotion. She was promised. Next one that opens up is for her. Uh, Nicole goes to start to hand out all of these drawings. She drew a portrait. I guess it was a portrait of everyone, right? I don't know if Coops was really of him, but uh, she hands them all out. Um and then goes upstairs to do something. I don't know, get ready for bed or something like that. Yeah, and then Geneva so. starts to throw away uh, the picture that uh, was handed to her. And she's like, I just don't have room for all this stuff. I've got boxes of it from back in Atlanta. I just got to throw it away. You cannot keep all that stuff. And Coop's like, you got to keep it. And, she, and then Geneva's like, well, if you want room to park your car in the garage, then I got to throw these away. She's like, and he just starts like gathering up everything. And he's like, all right, throw them all away. Car insurance is what he says. Uh, Vanessa, we're at her work now. That's the next scene. She's uh, moving into that brand new corner office that she's been wanting. Coop's there helping her uh, carry like a giant office plants. And uh, her boss comes in and introduces her to Kyle, a new hire at the uh, job that we quickly find out is uh, taking that job that Vanessa thought she was getting. Yep, yep. And he, she, not only that, she is going to be his assistant now. So not only is she not getting the job, but she is working for the guy who is getting the job. Yeah, and he sucks, too. Like, he's, like, immediately he telling yeah. Vanessa, like, go get me coffee, do this, do this, and, like, call me sir and stuff like that. And uh, she's pretty upset. Um, yeah. Understandably. And then Coop smacks him in the face, like, ten times with that office plant pretending it is a great scene yeah he's got so the the plant that cooper moved in was this like giant you know office plant and um 
so now he has to take it out since since Vanessa's not there. So he just beats the dude up with the plant on the way out the door. It, it's a good scene. Yeah, I liked it. Um, <clears throat> we go back to the house here. Vanessa's still upset about the whole job thing. Coop comes in, tries to talk to her. And uh, he's like, oh, sometimes you just got to scream real loud to get all the uh, anger out or whatever. And like uh, Nicole does a real good job of it, but she can't do it. Vanessa's, yeah, Vanessa's having trouble committing to the scream. So, but Nicole's a pro, as we know. Um, something sets her off where she actually eventually screams at some point. I, I can't remember what was said. But... <sighs> what does she say? Something about. Oh, I can't remember. Something about. Oh no, it's about. Uh, I bet you he makes five times more money than you do too now. Oh yeah. She like she screams. So uh, Mark's like, you know what you got to do? You got to go down to that office and you have to demand the job. This yeah, stand up for yourself. So this is a little know, familiar. The same writer's room as as last week's Family Matters. It's exactly the same episode as Family Matters. They probably said, it "All right, is. here's the idea. Write it for these two shows." Yep. Yep. So see, I mean, but we know this. They do this all the time. They do. This is the Cooper version of uh, Harriet losing her job, and uh, Nicole also reminds them, "Hey, mom, I need that picture that I drew." Uh, well, no, uh, I need that picture of Drew and Vanessa now that she's not in her office anymore because the uh, they're having an art school at show. They're having an art show at school, and the teacher wants to show off all my work. So I need everything I've done since I got to California. Everything. And we know her mom's been throwing everything away. Right. Uh, from here, we go to geneva in the kitchen trying to recreate all of nicole's art she's got crayons she's got paper she's trying to remember what colors the castles were and what colors the moats were and she's trying to just make another copy of everything that she threw away i mean that's ambitious but look uh i think nicole comes down she comes down yep vanessa comes in geneva is uh trying to hide the drawings everywhere and uh she's not ready to tell nicole she's going to make this happen i mean she's trying her best we'll see what happens um then vanessa gets home and we find out what do you know because we watched family matters already vanessa got fired but she's happy about it she's like this is my chance i can be free now i can go find a job that i actually like rather than just taking this job because i studied it in school because it was the building was right next to my dorm and uh, I'm going to find something I actually like doing. Well, Harriet was happy about it, too. What did, did Harriet find a job yet? We don't know. Not that we know. Not that we know. But also, I have no idea if we're even watching episodes in the right order at this point. Of this show? Or of no, Family Matters? Of Family Matters. Family yeah. Matters is so all over the place right now. Yeah. I mean, Myra's around one week, and then she's not even, like, a thought the next. I don't even know what's going on in that show. So... She's committed. She's going to find a new job. And that's where uh, we skip ahead to her in a robe, the sitting in front of the TV. The coffee table's a mess with just like Oreos and stuff everywhere. Mm-hmm. She's like smashing them and eating them. She doesn't care what's going on. She's a wreck. And it's been uh, at least a week at this point. May I mean, could be more than that. And she's not finding a job anywhere. No, but she's also applying for like model agency. Jobs. Yeah, talk show host. I don't even know how you apply to be a talk show host. Um, what, what there was another um No one's hiring her. That's that's Yeah, no one's yeah, thing. she can't get a job, but she's also applying for not real jobs. She's breaking down. Um 
I think Coop tells her, look, you're applying for the wrong jobs. And uh, he does give her some motivation that eventually gets her back up and saying that she's going to go try some more. Yeah, he's, he's getting concerned because she like, you know, like we all know, they just bought this house and he's like, you got to pay rent. You got to pay the mortgage. Yeah. So um, next scene is uh, Geneva still stressing about all this artwork. But we find out Vanessa did get a job, and it might be a pretty good one. She's working with some Japanese people. Yeah, they they kind of say Japanese. They imply like Japanese business people, but yeah, we'll see. Um, and I I think were they invited to go see her at work? Is that yes, they were. Yeah, and they they mentioned that they it, it's such a kind of fancy job that they even sent Vanessa to their own salon to get to get like prepared or whatever. So. We then go to the next scene where we are at Vanessa's new job. The Japanese part was correct. She is a Japanese waitress at like a hibachi grill. This is maybe one of the most uncomfortable uh, <laughs> TGIF scenes. And we've seen some uncomfortable scenes, but they really go all out in this one. Yeah. So she's got her Japanese hairstyle wig on. She's got a full kimono on. She's waiting tables. There, uh, she sits down, uh, Vanessa and Coop to their table, which is like the really short style ones. Coop puts his legs all underneath and is like flipping the table around. Another great job here by uh, Raven Simone as she like grabs all the plates and stuff as uh, he's knocking over the table. And she's uh, a pro, man, just just straight up, she's a pro. She's not good at this job. Oh no, Vanessa's awful. We see her go like, um, to another table who she like spills tea all over her first tip was like it was 20 percent, but it was only for like one cup of tea so it was like 55 cents or something like that right and uh mark is worried that uh she needs a real job that uh this waitress thing it's not gonna pay the mortgage and uh geneva just thinks she's gonna get fired because she's so bad at it and then uh they talk to vanessa um vanessa then goes and talks to the chef right Right, right. And it's the, like, like, hey, the... you got to clean the hibachi grill. It's dirty. And then uh, he gets so mad, he takes off his coat, and he's like, fine, I quit. You cook. <laughs> so now she's a waitress. She's the only cook in this whole restaurant. Coop comes over. Um, he knows that this is a big thing because they need the money, and he takes the coat from her and starts taking over the grill. He's going, and he's going ham on the grill. He's not horrible. He's not Oh yeah, he's not horrible. The uh the four like customers that they have that are sitting around the hibachi grill, they're decently entertained. They're clapping for him. I mean, he is like throwing stuff in the air and catching it behind his back. He's not good at like chopping stuff, but uh he's also not good at serving stuff. Yeah, he's just throwing everything around. Uh it's kind of landing on their plates. Right. Uh, we then also see him almost kill a guy as he throws a knife across the entire restaurant and it stabs into his uh, tie around his neck. And then uh, this isn't going to work. Vanessa comes over, dumps some water onto the grill because she was already talking about cleaning the thing. And then the entire place smokes out like smoke is just going everywhere. Customers are leaving. And of course, the owner is furious because now all of his customers are gone. Yeah. And that's pretty much the end of Vanessa's job. Yeah, we go back to the house. Coop is uh, making plans to live in his car because that's going to be his only option when they lose the house. 
Vanessa comes in, says, uh, don't worry, we're not going to lose I, the house. I just want to say, when you say making plans to live in his car, he has recreated, he has built out a back, uh, like a backseat version of a car in the den. And he's like trying to figure out the best position to sleep in, like where to put his stuff. He's he's like role playing where he how he is going to live in his car. It's like I got a little library over here and like just a stack of books on the floor. But yeah, Vanessa comes in. Um, we find out, at least from her, we're not losing the house. I got the money for this month's mortgage because I blackmailed the restaurant. I told them there was, what, like a bug inside of it or something or a rat? It was something like that, yeah. And now I've got enough money to pay the mortgage for the month. And you know what? I'm also not giving up. I'm going to find a real job. This is not the end of it. We'll see. I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't remember what she ends up doing, but I guess we'll find out soon enough. Um, Nicole comes down or like out of the kitchen with her mom. She's like, mom, can I watch Nick at night? Cause it's named after me, Nicole, Nick, get it. I don't know why they keep why are they promoting Nick stuff. At, why are they promoting Nick at night? I don't know. ABC. Uh, um, Geneva has all of Nicole's, I put artwork in quotations cause it's, or I probably should put Nicole's cause it's not actually her artwork. It's all these recreations that she's done. Um, we find out after all this hard work, Nicole actually dropped out of the art show without even telling her mom. And now she's joining the drama club instead. And she needs a uh, costume made by to her mom's guest tomorrow. Done. Yep. She needs a full on tree costume for Peter Pan. But her mom doesn't get mad. She loves her daughter and she's all right to do it. Good for her. End of episode credit scene. Mark showing Vanessa his new, uh, car house setup that he's got going on right there in the living room he's like oh yeah they recline too and like they flip out of the chairs behind them and i don't know that's it whoa whoa whoa, whoa. there's Those more the, they go to the drive-in to watch a movie and that's 21 when jump back street. Flip, oh 21 jump street the movie right before there was a 21 jump street the movie right right but there was a 21 the jump street show yeah which starring, eventually became a movie starring starring holly robinson and, pete oh is she in it Who's that's who she's making fun of in that whole scene when she's like uh, that that woman is too skinny she has she's just nothing bones, but bones uh, yeah gotcha I didn't realize she that was is in her the show. that's her making fun of herself when she was on Twenty One Jump Street got it um four three two one want to rank them oof uh sure I'm gonna need a minute here because I felt like these were mostly just kind of good but average um. I'm going to go. All right. I'm ready. I'm going to do number four, Family Matters. I agree. Number three, Hang with Mr. Cooper. I agree. Number two, Step by Step, and number one, Boy Meets World. I flopped uh, Step by Step and Boy Meets World. Other than that, I got the same thing. Cool. Uh, What do we got coming up next week? Full week, I'm assuming? Yeah, full week, same stuff. Uh, I did see the first second of Family Matters, and I saw Pumpkin. So uh, we might be getting some Halloween episodes. Nice, 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 nice. It would be Halloween week next week. So we hopefully we'll get a couple. Family Matters Season 5, Episode 5, Step by Step Season 3, Episode 5, Boy Meets World Season 1, Episode 5, and Hang With Mr. Cooper Season 2, Episode 5. Thanks again to Mark for the theme song this week. Thank you, Mark. TGIFcast at gmail.com if you want to send your own. At TGIFcast on all social media. We will have updates whenever we've got them for you. Yeah, we will. Hopefully it'll be slow for the rest of the year. We need a little bit of a breather. So we'll see. 
Um, anything else, Steve? That's all I got. All right, man. Have a good week. You got it, dude.